What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name's Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing, man? Steve, it's week seven. It, this uh, it just doesn't make sense. How are we in week seven already? I know it's <laughs> it's pretty hard to believe. Um, you know, I don't I don't even know what is the halfway point of the season this year. I guess week nine. I guess halfway of the NFL season is probably yeah somewhere in halftime of week nine, but. Like fantasy, you know, most regular seasons, you'd imagine, go through 14 and then 15, 16, 17. So this is the halfway point of your fantasy regular season after this week. Yeah, it is. That is uh, that is crazy. Um, I feel wow, like this yeah. week seven is when it really starts to feel like, man, fantasy is like, you know, is event is going to end at some point. You know, the week three, four, it feels like you have so much longer to go, but. Once it hits week seven, it's like, man, double digits are right there. And then the playoffs are right there. Yeah. Your so trade deadlines uh, come. You start looking ahead to the, you know, the playoff weeks and stuff like that. Yep. And yeah, it all starts hitting you. Yeah. It's crazy to think. And, and you know, week six, it just feels like six to seven seems like a big jump. Seven just kind of feels like we're in the latter parts of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of the marker for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's something else. And then every week after that, it just gets worse. Like to think, I mean, we're we're a few days from, you know, talking about week eight. Yeah, <laughs> and, and exactly. It'll be a few days from week nine, and yeah, it just uh, it comes it's quickly. By. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's you know, weather starts to get a little cooler at least here in the Northeast and up there in Canada. Uh, you know, once we get toward the end of October here, so it starts to feel a little bit more like football. You kind of get a little bit more of those intense. Playoff vibes for the games, uh, you know, games start to matter a little bit more as the, the season goes and goes. Yeah, that is true. Um, and as the season matters, you have to make start set decisions, right? Hey, what a transition. You, you're a pro at this by I now, know. Steve. For real, pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure you're well aware. It's a, the title of the episode. We do it every Thursday. So here are our start sit questions for the week, starting with the quarterback position, unlike normal. Uh, a couple of our streaming options here, Will. Matt Ryan at Miami or Tua versus the Falcons? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, heads up going against each other. Uh, but I have them kind of like right next to each other. I think in a vacuum, I'll lean Matt Ryan. Both defenses are at least not playing well. Uh, Miami, I think on paper, is a better defense than Atlanta. But both of them are letting up a lot of fantasy points to the quarterback position. And so they both have you know, pretty good matchups. I trust Matt Ryan a little more, and it sounds like he's going to have Calvin Ridley back. He's going to get some weapons back. Tua definitely looks good, though, so I definitely want to roster Tua, and, and I feel like you probably can play him in certain matchups, especially in, like, a Superflex League. Be a great pickup and start for your Superflex position. Um, and I think probably have the upside there. You know, you have kind of the boom game, so if you're expecting to need to put up a lot of points, you know, I wouldn't mind leaning Tua. Uh, I think Rent Ryan, a little bit safer of an option. You know, you know what you're getting out of him. Um, in a vacuum, I'll lean Matt Ryan, but I do like both of these options. Yeah, I'm with you. It's Matt Ryan for me as well. I know in the in the context of the waiver show, we both went with Tua, but that, there's a you know a roster ship yeah part of mm-hmm. that where where Ryan is just rostered more. So you go with the guy that has been rostered as a, as an actual streaming pick, but. Uh, comparing, uh, you know, uh, pretty much all the same points. You know, I, I think Ryan Safer, he's got some upside because the Miami Dolphins defense is not great. Um, 
But Tua's got good upside, too. So don't mind either. But yeah, I'm with you. I'd personally go with Ryan. All right. Um, next up, Derek Carr against the Eagles at home or Ryan Tannehill against Kansas City. This is a pretty interesting one. Um, I I don't know. Like the, the, the feeling around Tannehill all year has just been kind of fine. And you're waiting for like the turn, the, the corner yeah. turn. And, you know, them all hit their stride. They, I guess I'll call it and say this will be the week that, you know, Tannehill has a big week. It makes sense. You're up against Kansas City, you know, high power offense, yada, yada, yada. So I will go with Tannehill here, thinking shootout, thinking, you know, he finally gets it all together. Um, but Carr's a good play. Yeah, I think Carr's another good play. Eagles have been pretty good against the quarterback statistically, but I think, you know, they have played some bad offenses and, and the offenses that they played that were good. Have played well. I mean, I think Tom Brady, you know, not putting up ridiculous numbers because they ran the ball so well, definitely maybe skews the stats a little bit. Uh, but Derek Carr came back with another good game last week after uh, you know a couple of down games, 342 yards, uh, you know, a couple rushes, two touchdowns, and interceptions. So I think there's a chance he could have another good game this week. Tannehill, yeah, I think the matchup is just too enticing. And uh, Kansas City, you know. It took them a little while to put away Washington. They were in the game the entire time until that late touchdown. So Kansas City maybe isn't the, you know, 40-point offense that we're used to seeing with them. And obviously the defense plays a lot of that as well, you know, putting them in bad situations. Um, But I still think think it's Tannehill for upside. There is that chance, though, that you get another three-touchdown game from Derrick Henry and Tannehill just, you know, manages it. We, you know, that seemed to be another good matchup there and against Buffalo, and we just didn't really see it come to fruition. I think this one is tight as well. I don't think I can pass up the Tannehill matchup against Kansas City, uh, but I think Derek Carr is probably a safer option here. You know, Tannehill could have another game where he's you know, right at 200 yards, maybe a touchdown, um, whereas I think Derek Carr, you have a, a higher baseline for. So similar to the last one here, Derek Carr, I think, for safety, Tannehill you know, for the upside. But I think the upside's a lot higher in this one, so I think I would take the shot on Tannehill. And our, our last quarterback one, moving into the, the upper echelons, we got Stafford in a revenge game versus the Lions, and then uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Washington. Yeah, I think i got to stay in the flames here with Stafford, man. He's been playing really well this year. A couple of games where the touchdowns weren't there. But he's been over 250 every game. Last game was like his lowest, and four touchdowns made up for it. But I, I just can't pass up Stafford here. Rodgers has a you know good matchup. Washington's defense hasn't been great, but you know that D line is still going to be able to rattle some people. Um, so I you know think both are good plays. You know, lucky to have both on your roster there. But I'm going to say Stafford in that revenge matchup. It's kind of interesting. Um... I don't know if you realize this because I certainly didn't. Um, the, the Lions are about middle of the pack when it comes to giving up points to the quarterback position. Um, but Washington's actually the worst in the league. Um, oh, it's insane. Which, like, yeah, I do with that D line. Yeah, you I shouldn't knew, think it wouldn't be that way. For real, like everyone, like they're not living up to the expectation that we thought of going into the season. But it's not that bad. It's kind of like what we said about Miami last year or last week. You know, they didn't live up to expectation, but to find out whatever they're fourth worst or fifth worst in the league and and. I guess the pass was kind of surprising. It's the same thing. Um, 
So that was surprising, but I am with you. I am sticking with Stafford. Uh, this is one of those situations where I kind of do buy into the revenge game narrative a little bit. I think he's going to go out and smoke the lions. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't follow the lions game scripts enough to know about that, you know, middle of the pack quarterback stuff. I'd imagine it's just because they're giving up a lot of points to the running back. Um, that's how I read that, but yeah, I'm sticking with Stafford as well. He's got the the upside. He's got the baseline. I'm sure he'll be great. Not that, you know, no knock against Rogers. Obviously, he should be <clears throat> fine as well. Um, but yeah, this just looks like a really good matchup for Stafford. Right. Got a big one here. Moving over to running backs. Pick two of the four. Antonio Gibson at Green Bay. Mike Davis at Miami. We have Elijah Mitchell at home for the Colts. And Khalil Herbert at Tampa. A uh, couple of questions here when it comes to the players themselves. Yeah, definitely some uh, some concerns, and I, I think that makes it easier for me. Um, for starters, I'm just going to roll out Cleo Herbert against the, the Tampa Bay run defense. I'm not interested in that. Um, so I can't go with him. And then the other one, I'm rolling out Gibson. I, it doesn't, you know, I don't really, he's not trending super well. Um, I think he's like 50-50-ish right now. Uh, I think. I, am I wrong there? No, I think see, yeah, things were not looking great. I mean, he hasn't been ruled out yet, but I think he went on underwent an MRI on his leg uh, yesterday. I haven't heard any definitive status on that, but it's never never a good sign. Maybe not the worst sign, but never a good sign when you're going undergoing an MRI. Yeah, so even if he plays, I'd imagine he's limited to some degree. Um, you know, meanwhile, we've talked about the Miami defense. They're not great. Um, so I'm fine going with Mike Davis, uh, against Miami and then, uh, Eli Mitchell, uh, you know, in his returning week showed that he was the guy for San Francisco. They had the bye week, you know, that's going to help, you know, form up the offense around Lance that gives him another week of healing, uh, gives him a week of game plan against the Colts. So I am good to fire him up too. So I'm going with Davis and Mitchell here. Yeah, I think what you say about Herbert, you know, makes sense. We also don't know if Damian Williams is going to be coming off of the COVID list. Um, so that could just, you know, murky the volume a bit, but, you know, still going against that Tampa defense, which is great against the run. So definitely don't want to part there. Uh, Davis and Mitchell, I think, are the plays here. If Gibson plays and, you know, signs are looking good, I wouldn't mind plugging him in. Um, you know, I think Davis is probably your safest option of the group just from a volume play. Mitchell, I think, should be the one, right? But, you know, do we know if Hasty's playing? I know they were talking about him at least coming back soon. But like do do we know what other guys are healthy there? I do not believe that we do. Um I haven't heard anything about Hasty's return, so I do not think it's coming soon. Um and then as far as anyone else, I think just the other one would be Jeff Wilson. I don't think I've heard anything about yeah. him either. So I, I, think, I don't think he's back just yet. No, yeah. So I, I think it is just Mitchell, Sherman, Juszczyk, the normal kind of crew. Yeah. So I think definitely Davis, probably Mitchell. But if Gibson is like, gets the green light and he's like good to go, you know, we don't hear any limited like things turn around for him. I think I'd have to play him over Mitchell. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough, especially the way he's banged up. So. In a vacuum here, I think I'm going Davis and Mitchell. Okay, perfect. Uh, another one, our, our biggest one I think we've had of the season. We've done a couple, you know, fives in the past, but I don't think we've had one yet this season. But uh, 
let's give it a go. Running back position, half point PPR. Kenneth Gainwell versus or at Vegas. Philip Lindsay at Arizona. Uh, Ramonde Stevenson versus the Jets. Dearness Johnson versus the Broncos, and Devonta Freeman versus the Bengals. Yeah, so I think this could be really easy if Latavius Murray's rolled out. It's easily Freeman here for me. Uh, I think he could, you know, get all the work. I mean, Bell obviously will get some work there, but he at the very least is the two. I don't know what to make of the Cleveland backfield. Chubb is now ruled out, but Dearness Johnson, Felton, Johnson probably is the volume play there, but I don't know if that offense moves much at all with all the injuries that they have and the Broncos defense being pretty good. Um, You could, you know, call your shot with Stevenson. Maybe you have some garbage time, Um, but I I believe Damian uh, Harris is... It was good to go. He's playing. I know he had a good game against the Cowboys. Do we know anything about Harris? No. Uh, to the best no. of my knowledge, he's fine. Um, yeah. I, I don't playing? think I can play, you know, Mitch or um, Stevenson in that, in that aspect. Yeah. I'm assuming the Stevenson question comes up because he had a good fantasy week last week. Yeah. Um, but he scored a touchdown. I don't think you really rely on that. No, you can't rely on that. The volume's not there. And same thing, Lindsey, I just, I can't trust that backfield. Him, Ingram, Dave Johnson, I, I don't want a part of really of any of them. Gainwell, I think, is, you know, really the only one that I could consider playing here. And he, you know, kind of vanished this week. So the Eagles just, you know, their game plan is constantly changing. They're trying to figure out what they want to do. And he wasn't there. So I think it's, gotta be freeman here for me if we're just picking one what about you uh so a you know i'll start with the qualifier you know like you said if latavius murray's out it's definitely freeman mm-hmm. um if murray's playing then i might go with dearness johnson i think um you know gainwell's got upside if he could get in the end zone but you know it, it's either two points from him or, or 12 that's mm-hmm. much what you're getting um and Lindsay, you just can't trust. I mean, he's had some fine weeks, um, and maybe that's what you get. But he's also had some duds, so I'm I'm not interested, especially against Arizona defense. Uh, we we just talked about Stevenson. You can't bank on the the touchdown upside. I mean, maybe, but yeah, it's hard to make that call after just yeah. one game. Um, meanwhile, Dearness Johnson, I'm assuming you know I don't like that situation. You know, as we talked about before, you know Baker. You know, uh, two wide receivers, Landry, OBJ, a couple running backs. What, what was it? A tackle? Left tackle? Um, uh, yeah, both tackles were both out tackles, last week. I don't they, know. I haven't seen anything about if either of them are healthy coming back, but both were out. Yeah, that's not good. But at least, you know, I think he's the guy. And to me, that represents guaranteed volume. So that's mm-hmm. something. Um, and meanwhile, if, if Murray plays, I don't, you know, who knows if what Freeman's role was going to be, what Bell's going to roll. Like they change it so often it seems. So I think if Murray plays, I'd go with Johnson. And if uh, Murray doesn't, I'll go with Freeman. All right. Next up here, final running back. We've got Damien Harris or JD McKissick in a full PPR. It, the PPR is what makes us super interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, this is actually really tough. Damien Harris looks to be in line for a good week against the Jets. Um, you know, as we know, he doesn't really have the, the pass catching upside. Um, meanwhile, McKissick could be the guy if Gibson's gone, plus the pass catcher against Green Bay, and they're going to be passing. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, he's in. Even if Gibson plays, he is in line for a really good day. So I think I have to go with McKissick here. It feels feels kind of weird, but I don't think I could pass up the 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 pass catching that he represents in a full PPR against Green Bay. Yeah, and Damian Harris has not had more than two catches in a week, or I'm sorry, yeah, in in any given week, he's at eight on the year through six games. So you're not going to get the upside of pass catching there. Uh, I think, you know, one of those, if Gibson's out, you have to fire out McKissick. It is so close, even if he plays, you know, coming off an eight-catch week for McKissick with, you know, a banged-up Gibson not getting, you know, as much work as he normally would. Yeah, it's crazy to say, but I think you got to go McKissick over Harris, mostly because of that PPR. Absolutely. Moving into the uh, the wide receiver sphere, uh, sphere here, we are flipping the script. Half-point PPR, we're sitting one, Will. So essentially picking three, but I think it's probably easier just to sit one. Uh, Devonta Smith at Vegas. Jamison Crowder at New England. Jalen Waddle versus the Falcons. Or Darnell Mooney at Tampa. Yeah, this one is interesting. I'm firing up Waddle. He had a great week, and he's you know, been getting more and more worked in. Uh, I know there were a couple guys injured, but it seems like you know Tua has really good you know mesh with him. I think he's going to get the volume, so definitely firing up Waddle. I think you got to play Smith as well. He looks good. He just hasn't been getting the volume that I think we want, but he's been getting decent volume. Um, and the way that Vegas is playing probably is going to be a game script where he's going to get the volume there. So it comes down to Crowder and Mooney. Both guys, I think, have some upside i think i'd probably go mooney because more of the game script and he seems to be getting worked in i like crowder but you're probably going to be capped on upside especially i mean i don't i don't know who is crowder the guy that belichick targets is it Corey davis like who is the guy that belichick shuts down in this offense yeah and that that's exactly what i was thinking about too is who is the one it's got to be one of those two i can't see it being anyone else um but I think uh, it, there's it's such similar positions. I, I think I, I think I would take away Crowder mm-hmm. and sit Crowder, and for two reasons: a Belichick could shut down somebody. If that's Crowder, then you're doomed. Where um, the same thing, you know, Bruce Arians is a good coach, but the same thing's probably not going to happen there. Um, the second problem is Bill Pelichick is a defensive genius and he will yep. just go out there and confuse the living hell out of Zach Wilson. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, so that is not going to go well either. So I, you know, it's two problems for Crowder and I'm just seeing the overall, you know, matchup problem for Mooney and the matchup problem kind of flips on its script because they should be running the wall. They should be passing because, you know, that's how you beat Tampa. So, um, I will bench Crowder here, but I agree. It's tough. All right. Uh, next up here, full PPR. We've got Callaway at Seattle, Dante Parker versus the Falcons, and Henry Ruggs at home versus the Eagles. A very interesting one. Um, I think I, I think I would remove Callaway off the bat right away just because I don't know – I don't trust Winston. I mean, that's pretty much the story at the end of the day. You know, does Callaway have a lot of upside because, you know, Winston goes off from time to time? Absolutely. But Ruggs has that same upside, and I like Carr more. So yeah. I, I'll stick with – I'll take him out of the equation right away. Um, and then, you know, Parker's got a good matchup against the Falcons. Two is back. So that's interesting. Um, 
you know, it could be a shootout because of bad defenses and not because of great offenses. Um, so that's got its potential, but I think I would stick with rugs here. That game could be interesting. Um, and I think I'd rather place my bet there, but I don't, it's hard for me to, to really explain why, uh, you know, they're pretty even to me. What about you? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, the risk reward is, is different, but like overall evens out. Like, I do think rugs, you know, you're probably not getting maybe the volume that you would get with a healthy Parker playing. Obviously, all this is contingent on him playing. But I think with rugs, you know, you're going to get a couple deep shots, and the Eagles have given up some deep plays in this season uh, more than they have, you know, in past years. So I'm going to, yeah, I think I got to go rugs in this matchup here. Um, I guess maybe the one scenario is if everyone else is still out and you're just looking at Parker and Waddle then maybe you can get a little more volume there. But I still think I'm going to lean Henry Ruggs in this matchup. Okay. And uh, talking about a couple players we already talked about before in our next one, PPR pick two, Ruggs again versus the Eagles. Darnell Mooney again at Tampa or Tim Patrick at Cleveland. Again, we're picking two. Um, So Tim Patrick, did we? I know he got hurt and came off. Did he come back and to the game? I know he got hurt at one point, but we didn't know if there's any injury lingering there. I have not seen anything about uh, anything lingering. I believe he did come back, if memory serves. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen no reports about him being like limited in practice or anything. So I'm assuming he's a full go. Yeah, I think I think I lean Mooney out of the group here. I mean, Patrick, I like Patrick, but he's probably the third option on the offense, receiving wise. You know, plus the running backs may get involved. So I think you you got a shot at a touchdown any week with him as we saw last week, but he only had a couple catches. Uh, Rugs, your upside play, for sure. But I just like the volume that you get with Mooney. So it's pick two. Keep that in mind. Oh, pick two? Okay, yeah. well then, yeah, I, I could probably go Mooney and Rugs. then. I'd, I'd have to sit Tim Patrick, unfortunately. I, I, I think I'm with you. Patrick, I don't know what to make of the situation with Cleveland. You know, the, the bad offense could mean plenty of opportunities for the, the, the Broncos' offense and that he just it just leads to a lot of work for Patrick um or it could lead to just a blowout game and then they're just running the ball a lot um so it's really up in the air as to what it's going to be i i think i think if i so if i found myself you know staring down a, a projection that was you know really not my favor or, or thursday night happens and well i guess thursday would already happen because of the cleveland game but uh if you're staring down a projection you're you're Projector lose by a lot. I would go with mm-hmm. Rugs and Mooney. I think if everything's kind of fine and you're either projected to win or you know it looks even, something like that, I think I'd go with Rugs and Patrick. Reason being is I don't want Rugs and Mooney both because you have the potential to get three points out of both of them and then submarine your team. Where I don't think that's going to happen with Patrick this week. Yeah, it's just something about the, mood, the volume Mooney's been playing with. I mean, obviously, he shouldn't be the number one, but the volume that he's been he getting kind with of is, yeah. the rookie, he has been. Yeah, it's weird. Obviously, people are going crazy about Allen Robinson right now with what's going on with him. So, yeah, that's tough. Um, last uh, start sit here, we're looking at a couple of big-time defenses this week. The Rams at Detroit, Arizona at Houston. Oh yeah, you really can't go wrong with either of these. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll go with Arizona though. Um, just for the Houston matchup, you know, there's there's just not a lot there, and you know, maybe you know, golf got called out. Maybe 
it lights a little bit of a fire and you, you see something out of the Detroit offense. Um, that'd be cool as the guy who's starting Hawkinson this week. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think overall I would go with Arizona. It's, it's hard to pass up Houston. Yeah, I'll go Arizona as well. I think both are great matchups. Uh, probably the you know two of the top four maybe, but the the deciding factor, you know, both on the road. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two, but deciding factor is a rookie quarterback versus a veteran quarterback in Jared Goff. And I think Jared Goff is going to be able to make enough plays to you know maybe not win a game, maybe not put up a ton of numbers, but to just damage your fantasy points that you're banking on for the Rams. Um, whereas I think Arizona is going to control the ball a lot and you're not, maybe not, maybe won't even have too many plays that for Houston. I would imagine Arizona wins the time possession there and, and runs more plays and they're going to be, Houston's going to be forced into playing catch up. So yeah, I think it's Houston here for me. I'm sure, well, Arizona against Houston. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, cool. We're moving over to the trade segment, Will. Um, I don't know if you've seen, we've got three trades involving Allen Robinson here. People, people Man, are going to move I on. I spoke it into existence there, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, our, our first one is not one of them. So starting with Dynasty Superflex, Stefan Diggs and Jameis Winston, Winston or Jalen Hurts. Coming from an Eagles fan, this is an easy Stefan Diggs and Jameis Winston. Easy. I like Hurts. I do not believe he is long-term for the league here. He's great in the short term as a rushing quarterback. But Stephon Diggs is an elite receiver, top five dynasty receiver. And Winston is going to be able to plug in and be decent, but you're just getting so much of an upgrade. And I think there is at least a 50% chance, if not higher, that the Eagles decide that with one of their three first-round picks, whether it's a trade, whether it's a trade up, they're going to be drafting a quarterback next year. So you could be looking at Hertz kind of bouncing around as like a rotating, you know, starter or placeholder. So, I mean, Diggs is just, it's just, uh, it's, it's ridiculous that you would get this offer. You can't say no to that on Diggs. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, you know, adding Winston in the Superflex is fine. Like I see him the same way as Hertz. I don't see him really as a long term solution. I maybe, you know, maybe he goes to Pittsburgh or, you know, something like that. But, I, I don't see him as a long-term guy, um, but I'm a hundred percent with you. I have, I've thought it since last year with Hertz. I'd figure he'd get a starting role and he has one year. Like you have one year to, to show your, your rushing ability and, and catch a league off guard. And then after that, you know, defenses are going to get wise and, and it's just not going to work the same because he's not a good enough passer to, to pull off the rest of uh, the quarterback role. So I'm with you, especially, you know, they got that, what is it, the Miami first that looks to be super early at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, right now they, they're saying um, if the season ended today, which obviously doesn't, they'd have the second, eighth, and ninth picks in the draft. Yeah, you got to think there's a quarterback in there somewhere. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I'm with and they that probably don't takes. stay there. I mean, I think Miami's a better team than this is, but five losses in six weeks, you know, record wise, you know, can, can only get so much better. They can best record you can have is 12 and five. And that's going to yeah, undefeated that's, the rest of the way. Yeah. Realistically, the, the best they're going to be is like 500. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's exactly. not going to get that good that quickly. Yeah. I'd imagine. You're, so. you're going to, I mean, I think the schedule opens up a little bit more for them, but it's, you know, it's not going to be that much better. So I would imagine, you know, they're going to, the Colts will win some more games, but I imagine at least, you know, the Eagles pick and the and the uh, Miami pick will be top 15. So you're going to have at least two top 15, maybe two top 10 picks. 
Yep, agreed. So I'm with you. I'm on the dick side. Um, so another dynasty PPR, um, a 23 second and a 24 second for Allen Robinson. This one's easier than me. The picks are too far out. Um, you know, a Rob has had a great year. You've told me these were two 22 seconds, you know, maybe, but I'm not waiting two years and then three years to get my return on Allen Robinson. It ain't happening. Um, I'd rather hold him and see what happens in the offense or in the off season. You know, where does he go? Does he stay with the bears? Is fields better next year? I'd rather play that game than wait two or three years to get my return. Yeah. Even if this was two 22 seconds, it's a no brainer for me. This is the definition of buy low. I mean, two tw- I, w- I would trade two twenty two seconds for Allen Robinson in a heartbeat, right? You think, you know, let's say that's the, you know, 204. If he was in the rookie draft, you would easily take him at 204 just with the chance that he goes to a new team, that something turns around. You, you know, he's got a rookie quarterback that's likely only going to get better. So uh, this is, you know, easily the definition of buy low. I'm taking Allen Robinson in a heartbeat here. Okay, now for our, our next Allen Robinson question. We're in the redraft here, <laughs> PPR. It, it's basically kind of what wide receiver do you want to roll the dice on? Dalvin Cook or Kenny G, or sorry, Calvin Doug Cook and Kenny G, or Aaron Jones and A-Rob? Yeah, see, I actually think A-Rob, I mean, A-Rob's definitely ahead of Kenny G, but they're both not doing much right now. Um, I think it's more a slight upgrade from Aaron Jones to Dalvin cook. I mean, you got injury risk, I guess a little more with Dalvin cook, but I'll take the cook side just because I don't think I'm going to be able to play either of the receivers in the short term. And I'd rather have cook than Jones. So by a little bit. Yes, I agree with you there. Um, I do, you know, my take on the wide receivers is a tad different. I mean, it's not all that different cause you can't play Kenny G cause he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he played, um, he did give volume. He did have some good fantasy weeks, and he just can't say the same for uh, on Robinson. So I- I'm with no. you. I'm with the Kenny. I'm on the the Cook side. I like Kenny G a little bit more than a Robinson. Yeah. Um, all right. So next redraft here, half PPR, Miles Sanders and the aforementioned Al Robinson again, or Brandon Cooks and Daryl Williams. This one is. Definitely the most difficult for me for the the Allen Robinson trades, just because you know Brandon Cooks is a usable asset. So you know while it sucks that you're moving Allen Robinson to Brandon Cooks, it makes sense. My problem is that Daryl Williams is he's not a long term starter. He's just in until Clyde's better, and then he's gone. Um, but at the same time, it's not like Miles Sanders is doing anything either. Yeah. Um, so I think I would rather have the starting running back uh, that is Sanders. That's going to be the starter for the rest of the year unless there's an injury. Um, so I think I lean with that side. But if you went with Cooks, because Cooks is probably the most valuable like fantasy producing outset, I guess that would be fine. But yeah, it's Sanders for me. What about you? How do you see this one? Yes, yeah, one. I think it's another buy low, especially Sanders as well as a Rob. Um, I think both of them are. You're selling them really low here. Uh, I like. You like said Brandon Cooks is very usable here. He's a good flex option. Um, Darrell Williams is usable at least in the short term. Um, but I imagine when Clyde comes back, it's just going to be a big timeshare. And if anybody pops, it's probably going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Whereas Sanders, I think has a chance to flash in you know, a game or two, and maybe you're not using it, but I think he's going to have much more trade value down the stretch 
Um, and maybe he doesn't, right? Maybe he never pops. But I think there's going to be games where he flashes more and you can get more for him. Same with Robinson. I think, you know, you can if he does have one or two big games, you're going to be able to move him for a lot more. So I'll go with the, you know, buy low on Sanders and A-Rob and hope that either they pop for me or they pop for uh, for a potential trade. And our final one here, it's a one for one. I, I really like this trade. Um, CMC or uh, or um, James Robinson? Man, that's tough. And what is the most recent diagnosis on CMC? I know he's out for a bit, but at least uh, three weeks. For, yeah, another three. I put him back on IR, I believe. So he wouldn't be able to return until week nine, and that would be against New England. I think this comes down to what you need. If you are a four and one team and you're, I guess, five and one now, four and two or better, and you don't necessarily need J Rob, maybe you have some depth at running back and you want to go out and buy Christian McCaffrey for that stretch run. Awesome. If you need wins now, I, I don't hate trading CMC for J Rob. I would well, hopefully you could get something a little better, but Robinson has been really consistent. Uh, I think his name is still dragging his value down, but he's played really well. So I think it's I think it's a fair trade. You know, might get some flack in your league, but I, I probably lean J Rob in the vacuum. But like CMC, you know, definitely if you're that you know four and two or better team, and you can afford to have him sit on your bench for a few weeks. Yeah, and that's why I like this trade because you know the person trading away CMC. I would assume is looking at his roster and saying, I cannot afford to wait three weeks. Yeah. Um, and you might look and say, well, the valuation isn't right. And and maybe it's not. And it's probably not because CFC is better than James Robinson. Um, but then when you factor in the fact that you can't wait, you know, CMC could come back and have the greatest stretch in the history of fantasy football. If you've lost all four, you know, all three of those games and the three prior, you're not making the playoffs and it doesn't matter how good he was. You know, you got to make the playoffs. So I am 100% in favor of making the move if it's that situation. You know, if you're the CMC owner, like you said, and you're six and oh, then you should not be trading away CMC. Um, you know, unless you got a, you know, a super competitive league and, you know, a couple losses is going to doom you. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be moving him, but you know, in that situation that me and you both outlined, I think it's a fantastic move. Yeah. And I think that wraps us up here and no more trade offers. Um, so good luck everyone in your week seven matchups here. Uh, any other last words, Steve? Uh, no, sir. Yeah. Like well said, good luck and, uh, trust your board.